This is another message from Glory City Church by Pastor Catherine Renala. For more information, go to glorycitychurch.com.au. Hallelujah. Well, before I jump in today, I want to uh, just celebrate what God has done with um, the amazing miracle that he's done in our brother, Pastor James Graham. I'm going to ask James to come up and just share for a couple of minutes. We need to give him the pulpit one day to really unpack what's happened. But just bring that have been deathly ill, who've been magnificently healed. But uh, this is pretty special. So why don't you give her a really, really rousing celebrating. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, thank you, everybody. Uh, just on the, uh, off, the, off the top, I just want to thank everybody for their prayers. Uh, it's, it's really hard to express just how necessary your prayers have been and how much as a family Rochelle and I appreciate your prayers we know we were being held uh, by you all and and uh, I really appreciate that don't underestimate the power of your prayer and don't underestimate the need <laughs> uh, so um, I guess I'll just say that uh, at the beginning of this year, who remembers Jeff Jansen coming? Yeah, I was standing about there somewhere and he prophesied over me. And he said, um, you will live and not die. And of course, I'm like, yeah, sounds good to me. A couple of months later, I was diagnosed with stage four bowel cancer. So the promise came before the diagnosis. Because God is good. Amen. <laughs> and um, so I've been through about five weeks of chemo and radiation. And then three weeks ago, I had quite a significant, uh, well, probably the most major surgery you can get. And uh, so I spent a couple of weeks in hospital recovering from that. And I know that people were praying because all along the way, there were little battles. The operation was meant to take five hours. It took ten and a half. Uh, there was a point where my innards went into paralysis and wouldn't work. But at every point when people were praying, instantly there were small victories just popping up throughout the day. It seemed like every day would start with a crisis and end with deliverance. Hallelujah. So... So I really appreciate your prayers because you got me through. There was one point which I might unpack one day. <laughs> I was at the end of myself. And as a child of God, the good thing is when you get to the end of yourself, you find him. <laughs> it's not empty. When you get so vulnerable and tired that 
the world would say there's nothing left, he's there in fullness. Ha! That's wonderful. Anyway, one night, about 12 o'clock, Jesus woke me up in the hospital room and started talking to me. And then the father started asking me questions. And then I became aware of a conversation between Jesus and the Holy Ghost in my room. And this went on for about six hours until I eventually fell asleep. I was so moved by the whole thing. Can't really, I can't actually really explain to you. To be honest, I've tried to explain to people. It's just a bit too hard to get it, to, to have the words that can describe it. But he so loves us. He so loves us. He's just incredible. And he's worth believing on. Because when a promise, you will live and not die... When a promise collides with prayer, come on. come on, that's when the miracle occurs. So after a six-hour encounter with Jesus, the next day I woke up, everything was working. Hallelujah. I just want to thank you. Thank you so much for holding us in prayer. We have still got a way to go. I have probably more chemo to do. I have at least two more operations to undergo. Maybe. We will find out on Tuesday. There could have been another miracle occur. Hallelujah. But I have a promise. Anyway, I just wanted to thank you. Yay for God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom power. Love our God is an awesome God. <laughs> Lord, we love you. You are very good. You are very kind and very wonderful. Lord, we bless you. Hallelujah. Well, I actually didn't welcome you today. If you are visiting with us from uh, somewhere else and you haven't been to Glory City Church before on a Sunday, I want to say welcome. Give me a wave if this is your very first Sunday with us at Glory City Church. You did it. Oh, sorry, Chris. I was out of the room. Welcome again. Thank you for welcoming them. Let me see. I want to see you. Where are you? Just wave at me so I can see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, and over here, and over here, and over here, and over here, and over there. Very good. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Hello. I'm Catherine. Nice to meet you. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, we've been uh, just so excited, and we were so blessed on Friday night uh, with Jesudian. Who was here? Give me a wave. Wonderful stuff. Just wonderful. Such a rich feast. Unfortunately, we missed a little bit of... Um, the live stream has cut out the bulk of the message, which is really sad. 
lesson I suppose to be learned is you need to try and make it on Fridays. Hallelujah. We will do our very best so to try and get it restored, but it was a tremendous, tremendous blessing. Father, I thank you for today. Lord, this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for the wonderful things that you've been doing. And Lord, I pray that you'd encourage each and every one here today in your wonderful name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, we've been sharing, I've been sharing for the last few weeks out of Hebrews chapter 10 and about the glorious privilege that we have in being redeemed. And I was so blessed uh, to hear Jasudian on Friday night because it was just, he just brought another aspect of what it means to be redeemed. But I want to just continue a little bit on that today. And so I want you, if you would, to open your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 1. God is good. Now, I, I spend a lot of time, I've, I've preached a lot out of this particular chapter, and I still feel like I'm only just skimming the surface. There is so much in here, and it's so, so powerful. And I just started as I was reading again. It says here, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, normally I, I race through that to get to the, the next bit, which is really yummy. But then I, I stopped and I paused to think about that particular verse. To those who've obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as I looked at it, I, I, thought, I felt like, God, there's something more here. I want to understand. What, is this, what does this actually mean? This like precious faith that we have. By the righteousness of our God and Savior. We've been given this precious faith. We've obtained it by the righteousness of our God. And I looked it up. I, I looked it up in the, in the Greek. And it came up with that little preposition that I've, I've, min, I've preached on before. It's, it's in the Greek. It's pronounced N. And it means basically... It's a position of rest. It means belonging to, being in. Um, and that's, that's how the Strongs would um, define it. A relation of rest, a, a place of belonging to, giving, holy self, uh, giving self holy to. It's the same word, the same Greek word that you find in, um, for example, therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. It's that same little Greek word. That's the word that is used here by the righteousness of our God and Savior. It's also the same word that's used when, it, uh, for example, when we read about, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The same word basically meaning I can do it because I belong. There's a sense of rest. I can do all things belonging in that place of rest by faith in him. There is no condemnation for me by that place of belonging and that place of rest. As me being in Christ, belonging to, resting in, therefore I have this benefit, this blessing, because I'm part of him. Belonging to, resting in him. 
And I just began to think about that. You know, we have this incredible gift that God has given us. And the faith that we have put in Christ, when we receive Jesus as our Savior, God has actually given us that faith. And the faith that we now live by, the just shall live by faith. That faith doesn't come from us. It actually comes because we belong to him and he's given us everything that he has. We have the faith of Jesus. Hallelujah. Which is a tremendously powerful and useful thing. Because when you feel like you're trying to drum up enough faith, you can stop trying and actually start leaning. Oh, that's right. Belonging to, having, I have, oh, God's faith in the inside of me. So instead of trying to get enough faith to see someone healed or trying to get enough faith to to feel okay about myself, I remind myself, hey, I belong. I'm in him. I have the faith of God. Hallelujah. I have this like precious faith by him. He's given it to me by his incredible righteousness. I have faith to fully accept and believe and receive all of the promises and to manifest Christ. It's pretty exciting. Hallelujah. It's just a little word, but it's pretty powerful. And so I was thinking about this in terms of what we were looking at with Hebrews chapter 10. Um, I'm going to read it again, um, but just verse 21 today, uh, verse 21 and 22 from Hebrews 10 in, um, in the Passion Translation. It says this, And since we now have a magnificent king priest to welcome us into God's house, We come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced by faith that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. Let's just pause and think about that for a minute. Can we do that? Since we now have this magnificent king priest to welcome us into God's house, into God's family, we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced by faith that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. That's the privilege we have as children of God. That every time I approach him, I don't have to worry about whether or not he's going to receive me. I am accepted. I belong. I can have full confidence that I can talk to him freely because I'm not away from him. I'm not separate from him, but in him belonging, same word again, in him belonging to him, I live and move and have my being. Hallelujah. I am confident. I can have this, uh, this glorious confidence that I can have face-to-face conversation with him. I can have relationship with him. I can talk with him. I can know him. Hallelujah. And I love the way um, Jesudian put it on Friday night. And because we didn't have the live stream, I thought we might just show you because the, the, the example was magnificent. So Jesse and, and Sarah and Chris, do you want to come? Hallelujah. I'm going to get you up on here. And, and I, I, Jesudian did it wonderfully. So I'm very sorry for you if you weren't here. But hallelujah. Okay, come on over here, guys. So... He explained the the Trinity just so beautifully. And I wanted to to share this with you because it really makes sense in what the Holy Spirit's trying to teach us at the moment. You know, so we've got Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. (laughs) This is, now I want you just to hold hands and, and just, so this is a picture of what the Trinity looks like. A triune being, hallelujah. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. It's a family. 
Hallelujah. And this isn't, this isn't God by himself and, and additions. This is God. When God made man, he said, let us make man in our image. Because that's who he is. He's one God. But he has three parts. Hallelujah. But, and it's a picture of family, which is so beautiful. And in that place of family, they decided, let us, because they are so magnificently relationally connected. They, they love one another. There is, there's um, un- a, a unity that is beyond our comprehension, hallelujah, because it's him. He's satisfied, fully satisfied in himself, hallelujah, with, with this magnificent triune being. And if you think about it, the remarkable story of Christ saying, I'll go and I'll stand in their place. And the father turning his, fa- his back on Jesus makes so much more sense when you understand a little bit better about the Trinity, what that actually means. Because this is, this is the power. This is everything. What goes on in here? I liked, you know, Dracidium was like the jiggy jiggy bam bam that goes on in the inside here. <laughs> It's like, this is, this is power. This is everything. This is love. This is family. This is everything. In him, we live and move and have our being. And then he made, he, he, they, they decided we're going to make man, male and female in our image. And he, he invites us, creates us, breathing himself into us and creates us in the middle. So I'm going to come in the middle. Oh. The jiggy jiggy bam bam, hallelujah. <laughs> right in the middle of this incredible unity where they honor one another. They're, it's, just, it's just beautiful. And they're, they're just the love of God, the acceptance, I belong. Yay. And this is what redemption did. The fall of man meant that we were separated from God. And so the son says, I'll go and I'll pay the price. And then he redeems us, hallelujah, back into fellowship with him as we believe in him and we receive the gift, the invitation back into family. Woo! I belong. Jesus, I belong to you. We're in that place. Hooray. And every time we come to worship, we're like, ah, I'm loved. Hallelujah. I'm a child of God. I'm loved. <laughs> and then the enemy comes and he, he tries and whispers and says, <laughs> and he says things like, you don't belong. Come on. You, you, and he'll, he'll speak lies to us and try to get us to believe that we don't have everything we need. That, and he'll, he'll, he'll tell lies about how they actually feel about us. And then, we, then as we sin, we feel like, oh, oh no, now the whole story is going to have to start over again. Jesus is going to have to come and be crucified again. But the magnificent story in Hebrews is that Jesus Christ was the ultimate and final sacrifice. So when you sin, I'm like, happy, happy, happy. Oh, I listened to something. Oh, I did something I shouldn't do. You don't actually become separated from God. But when you acknowledge what you've done, ah, you come back in here and your mind gets renewed. That's not who I am. That doesn't fit. Oh, and that's where repentance happens, where we go, that wasn't right. 
That's not, I'm going to have my mind renewed now. That's not true. That doesn't belong. That doesn't bring me joy. That doesn't bring me happiness. That's why I love to live daily. And people get mad at me. We don't need to confess. I'm telling you, when you acknowledge your sin, you come into truth. If you don't acknowledge something is wrong, then you don't know what is right. But when you openly say, huh, I did something really bad. They go, it's all right. We love you. It's, oh, we knew you were doing that before you ever did it. And we took care of it. But let me tell you the truth. That's not you. That's not you. That's not who you are. I want to show you. Let me show you what you look like. Hallelujah. Let me, let me speak to you. And, and as we behold him, we are being transformed into that same image. We already have everything pertaining to life and godliness. But it comes... As we recognize I belong and as I take time to allow him to renew my mind on a daily basis, as I behold him in the word, as I behold him and in worship, he reminds me, ah, this is what I look like. Hallelujah. Give him a big hand. But if we're living in that place and then we decide to hold on to sin and keep sinning, you know, the Bible is pretty clear. You are making a choice. If you sin and you, and you go, oh, that's wrong. And you recognize it and you come into truth. That's a wonderful thing. But if you sin and you go, this is pretty good. I'm going to have my cake and eat it too. Then you are actually choosing another God. We are in that magnificent place of fellowship because we've chosen to receive the gift of salvation. We've chosen to belong. Oh, yay, I receive it. But we can't, you know, Hebrews 10, as you go on and read it, makes it pretty clear that if you decide, I'm just going to continue in sin, God's heart breaks and he'll do everything he can. And that's where the discipline of God comes in because he knows what you're doing is leading you away from the joy of your salvation. And it's, it's, it's a serious thing to fall into the hands of the living God. That's what it says in Hebrews. Because it's like, you know, he loves you too much to see you being lied to and deceived again. So we've got to, we've got to be careful to allow our, our consciences to remain tender before him. That's why we've got to read the Bible. As you read the book, you go, oh, yeah, oh, that's right. That's what Christians do. That's what they look like. That's... And as we read about who he is and what he's like, our hearts, our minds are renewed in the knowledge of him. Hallelujah. Let's just keep reading in Second uh, Peter chapter 1. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. This is verse 2. They're clever, aren't they? Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. I love that. Grace and peace to be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. He wants us. The Holy Spirit is, is helping us see Him, the fullness of who He is. And he's, he's asking us to continually invite his, uh, his uh, great teaching to teach us and counsel us and comfort us and enlighten the eyes of our understanding in the knowledge of him. The Holy Spirit's our teacher to show us what God looks like. Because when we see what God looks like, we see what we look like. 
Because we were made in his image. Hallelujah. As we behold him in a mirror, as in a mirror, what do you see when you look in a mirror? Your reflection. That's what I look like. And he says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. In that place of intimacy, the Holy Spirit is longing for you to fully open your eyes, to pray for his help, to ask for his help, to receive what he wants to give you. That is continuous revelation in the knowledge of him so that your eyes become full of the truth. I belong. I'm accepted in the beloved. As his divine power is given to us, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which you have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. There's so much in here. We've been given everything. His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That is, we have been given power to daily be like him. All the time. Even when things aren't going well, we have access to the faith, the strength, the hope of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We have access to him and to his help. We have access to his divine nature and his divine character. Through the knowledge of him, all of these things that have been given to us, they're not just theoretical, but they're through intimate connection in knowing him. That word knowledge there is intimacy. Through intimacy with him, we wake up and we have our minds renewed in the truth of who he is and how wonderful he is and what our DNA actually is now. You know, I've shared, uh, shared last week that, um, that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Hooray. But the words transgressions and iniquities are two different Hebrew words. Transgression is sin. He was wounded to pay for our sin once and for all and and to give you power to be different. Iniquities is actually your crookedness, your crooked nature, the the sin nature that that makes you want to sin. He was bruised. He He took the beatings so that you could have a brand new nature. So that you'd no longer be defined by crookedness. You'd no longer be defined as selfish, lazy, unkind, unspiritual. Whatever it is that uh, the enemy wants to define you by. Your, your past behaviors don't define you. You are defined by him. By the knowledge of him. But unless we are deliberate to train and discipline ourselves to set our minds on things above, like it says in Colossians 3, then we are constantly open to the enemy's flashing lights that want to try and get our attention and lead us into deception. So he's around all the time looking to try and get your attention. Ah, drama over here. Come on. Do you remember how you normally react to drama? Remember what it's like, you know. You remember. Let's behave like you used to behave when drama happened. And the Holy Spirit's there going, 
I got a really good way to help you there. I make a way of escape in every temptation. If you just ask me, I've got a way of escape. And we have a choice in that moment either to go, ah, or we can go, hang on. This feels like a temptation to react to that drama the way I used to react. Holy Spirit, help. What do I look like? What, what, is, what do I do now that I'm not that person? I don't even know how to react to drama anymore. And he goes, oh, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, let me just show you something in the word here. Oh, that's a, that's a precious promise. And let me tell you, let me, let me love on you until you actually understand that this is for you right now. Oh, Hallelujah. That's what our Christian life looks like. Just living in him. In him I live and move and have my being. But we are subject to these flashing lights. In this earth we have uh, the opportunity and the freedom to look at anything we want to. But that's why he says, guard your hearts with all diligence. That means discipline your heart and your mind. Your heart also involves emotions. So when you've got emotions going, oh, I feel angry, I feel mad. Oh, oh, instead of feeling ashamed about your emotions, you can tell the one who knows what's happening anyway. I feel like this. I feel angry. I feel really angry about this, but help. What do I, how, I, I know what I used to be like when I'd be angry, but what do I look like now when I get angry? How do I respond to these feelings? And he says, now I want you just to tell your soul the truth. That yes, they may have done something wrong, but hallelujah, you now have the forgiveness of Christ on the inside of you available to give to them. Hallelujah. Let me show you that and, and tell you that I saw what was going on and I'd like to give you double for your trouble. Hallelujah. That I, I see it all and you can rejoice and be exceedingly glad because I make all things work together for your good. If you want to, go and you can go and have your little reaction or, or we can live here and, and just remember that we have oh, these precious promises. Thank you, Jesus. And then he not only rescues you from walking down a track of, of old ways, he enables you then to surprise the people who are expecting to see the old reaction and they actually encounter Christ. He makes it work together for good in so many levels. Our magnificent Jesus. We have everything pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. We actually, it's through the promises that we have the joy of being able to live. And if you don't read your Bible, you miss out on what all the good promises are. Everything, every promise, whether it was for the Jews or whatever it was, you are now a co-heir with Christ. You've been grafted in and everything relates to you now. It's your inheritance. Ha ha. All the good stuff in here 
is now your inheritance. They're exceedingly great and precious promises. And you don't have to qualify for them. All you have to do is simply say, thank you, God, that you've given me faith to believe that I belong. And this is now part of what I have. This is my inheritance. Hallelujah. Living in this place of belonging, acceptance. Wow, really? Wow. Not only am I loved and accepted, it's like, whoa, presence. I have all the, the promises of God. You make all things work together for good. That many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Hallelujah. <gasps> Praise the Lord. I can celebrate that for my former shame, pain, and disgrace, you give me double recompense. Hallelujah. You've given me power. Wow, I can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Woo-hoo. I mean, it's rich and it's glorious. But if you're only knowing and thinking about it theoretically, it's very hard. So that's why we come back to this very first verse. We've obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior. By belonging to him, I've been given his faith. What are you going to do with that? If you actually believe that, that you have been given the faith of God. We all together, whether you've been saved for 10 years or for two months, you have the same faith living on the inside of you because everything you had, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. It doesn't come from you. It came from him. It's his gift to you. I've given it to you. What are you going to do with it? And that's where we have the opportunity to take it and take it to the next level and start to tell our soul, hey, soul. Why are you downcast within me? Remember, I've told you I'm going to make you all preachers. You're going to preach to yourself every day, every single day. Preach to your soul. That's guarding your heart with all diligence. That's part of the diligence. Remind yourself of the precious promises. This is the truth. It's through his precious promises that I'm a partaker. It's through the knowledge, intimate knowledge with him, of him, in him. I am a partaker of the divine nature. Okay, soul. Why are you downcast? What's going on? Why are you feeling down? You're feeling down because you're afraid? Hey, let me tell you one of the precious promises the Holy Spirit's telling me right now. You've been given authority over your soul. Every time that that there's an emotion going on, you have authority. Emotions aren't bad, but they are subject to whoever is going to speak to them. You have to be, be taking authority in your own life, over your own soul, casting down the vain imaginations that exalt themselves against the knowledge of him that is who he is and who he is in you and reminding yourself, this is the truth. Who shall I bar? You're beautiful. You're accepted. You're in that lovely place where he loves you. Hallelujah. What are you afraid of? Well, so I feel a bit rejected. Well, come on now, look up here. Let's remind ourselves, what, what's the truth? Ah, oh, hallelujah. You can't help but want to sing in that place. That's his, his delight and his desire. People say, oh, well, I struggle to pray. Yes, of course you do. The, ter- the enemy's terrified of you praying. And so he says, oh, you struggle to pray. Now let me put some more shame and guilt on you. And then you run away and it's even harder to pray. 
But he says, this is what prayer looks like. Just come and stand in the middle of me. Look at me. Let's, let's read about who I am. Let's look at my face. Let's be intimate with me. <sighs> and then start telling your soul the truth, making decrees. Ask me about anything that's going on and I'll give you wisdom. Everything you need, I am your father. I will take care of you. When others forsake you, I will take care of you. Psalm 27, one of my favorite verses. He's like, he's jealous. You can feel it in his words as he says it in Psalm 27. Though your mother and father forsake you, I will take care of you. It's like no matter what sort of rejection you've come across, it's like God's just like fiercely, Why would I'm jealous to take care of you. But he waits for us to open our hearts and say, yes, Lord, I want your help. Holy Spirit, help me. And not standing outside, like someone outside looking in going, please help me, please help me. Standing on the inside going, can you help me, please? It's a very different attitude. You could stand outside like a beggar going, oh, God, please help me, help me, help me, please help me. You know, he'll help you. But if you stand on the inside reminding yourself, I belong, I have the faith of Christ. Now as I ask you for help, ah, you're just smiling at me and you delight to give it to me. When I come into worship and like, instead of coming in going, oh God, I don't feel very holy, I don't feel very spiritual, here I am to worship. Oh, I'm just such a hypocrite, why am I even bothering? I should just go home. Instead, he says, I want you to boldly approach the throne of grace. Hallelujah. Our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove impurity and we've been freed from an accusing conscience. And now we are clean, unstained and presentable to God inside out. That's a precious promise. Hebrews 10. That we, you, you need to tell your soul, remind your soul. Thank you, soul. Thank you, Jesus, that I can tell my soul right now, I am clean. I am unstained. Hallelujah. Now, if you're continuing in sin deliberately, then you, you're telling yourself a lie. If you, if you are uh, trying to say that I'm clean and you, you're going to hold on to uncleanness. But as you, as you go, oh, that's not right. That was wrong. Ew. Ew, it doesn't belong to me. You are unstained, you are clean, you are pure, hallelujah. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you're like, I'll never get free of that, I'll never get free of that, I'll never get free of that, you'll never get free of that. But if you change your mind, you allow him to renew your mind, hallelujah. Renew your mind and remember, hallelujah. I've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm accepted. Thank you, God. You know, in, the ideal in family is that children will be raised to know who they are. You know, we don't do that. This is how our family behaves. And that's just a shadow of what it is to be in the family of God. God's saying all the time, hey, you're one of us. You are named by my name. That's, we don't do that in this family. This is how we live. This is what we look like. Hallelujah. Yay. Oh, wonderful. 
That's why we need our minds renewed all the time. Because we actually, we, we live in a fallen world that is screaming, this is what you should do. This is normal. This is normal. This is normal. This is normal. And God goes, look at me. Let me show you what normal looks like. Let me show you what normal looks like. Hallelujah. It's not normal to react and get, you know, have, have, a, have a rant and a vent. It's, that's not normal. You don't see Jesus going to his disciples. Can you believe those Pharisees? They are stuck. You know, I've, I think we've got to have a special place in hell for them. <laughs> Can you? But, it, you know, it's, it, it's normal. It's just having a vent. No, it's not normal. That's not who he is. And it's not who you are. You know, have a little bit of a joke. Yeah, we don't like them, do we? No, we don't like them. Actually, I have power to love my enemy. Why? Because it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Hallelujah. I need his help every moment of every day. And it's my own fault if I don't go and get it. I have a choice. Every day I have a choice whether I live for myself or I live for him. Every day I have a choice to guard my heart. Or I can go, "Eh, I'm just going to open it a little bit because that looks good. I might just have a little bit. I'll be all right. I'll have a little bit of that. And your conscience starts to get colored. Your, Your conscience starts to get stained. And then you have, then the Holy Spirit goes, hey, 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 that's not right. You know, hang on, no, no, just talk to me later. You know, just, I want to just look at this for a while. He goes, that's not right. No, no, no. <clears throat> and the more you resist him, the more callous your heart becomes. That's why you have to get before him. You have to humble yourself and you say, Lord, help me. Help me wherever I've calloused my heart. Let your oil and your wine soften me up so I can remember. I really need your help. I've told you I've been praying for a long time now from Revelation chapter 3 that God would give me eye salve to see. Because I genuinely believe that if we, we take the attitude, because of this incredible privilege of being in the jiggy jiggy bam bam, in the middle, Oh, because I've got this incredible privilege of belonging. If we, if we then take the attitude, I'm rich and full and have need of nothing, I'm awesome, I, and you are awesome. But if you think that you are on your own and it's all happening by yourself, you are missing the point. I need him. This being in the middle is all about me being absolutely, intricately connected to the Godhead. This in him I live and move and have my being and joy is not able to be found without my connection to him. So I pray, Lord, I don't want to be thinking of myself as rich and full and having need of nothing. I want to remember that I need you more than anything all the time. Not because I'm weak, wretched, miserable sinner. No, you took care of that. I now am part of you. 
as he is, so am I in this world. But because of that, I know I am part of you. And I need you all the time. I need your connection. I need your love. You are the one that sustains me. It's in you that I am powerful. In you, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In you, there's no condemnation for me. In this place of relying on, leaning on, and being intimately connected with you, I have everything I need. Hallelujah. So it's a fine, it's a fine line. The enemy tries to twist and tries to deceive. But if you would learn what it is to be positioned by faith, the faith of Jesus at rest in the midst of the Godhead, in the family of God, it's in this place that we can begin to really begin to behave like the children of God that we're called to be, that the earth is groaning and waiting to see manifest. Hallelujah. Your family, your workmates, the world around you. I mean, I was driving past on Friday night seeing drunks sitting outside on the side of the road, you know, with their heads in their hands. And I just, I thought to myself, praise God you put us here. Hallelujah. Because there's going to be people who are going to go and love on them. They're going to manifest Jesus to them. Hallelujah. It's just right there, ripe harvest field. Hallelujah. People looking for love and they don't understand that God has provided it for them. And we have the privilege of the ministry of reconciliation. In that place, you recognize, oh, I've been giving everything pertaining to life and godliness. Wow, I'm so privileged. Woohoo! Out of this place of privilege, it's this, I have this noble blessing, this incredible royal privilege to be able to give what I'm receiving on a continuous basis. I give to you my, the love of Christ. I give to you the, the power of Christ. We can, we can manifest him as he is and greater works than what we read about he do, him doing on the earth. You now have power to see manifested. Father, I'm asking for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Father, that you would help your people enter into a place of rest where they can lean on you knowing in this position of rest, I belong. In this position of belonging, I have your faith. In that place where I have your faith, I have your love poured out into my heart. Lord, I'm asking that your people would know and experience the love of God that passes knowledge, that they would be filled to overflowing with all the fullness of God, that the world around them would be, ma- would be impacted by your incredible presence. Father, I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you would strengthen them with might in their inner being so that they would truly know and comprehend Christ dwelling in them through faith, that they may understand the height and the depth and the width and the breadth, the unparalleled, incomparable love and acceptance, belonging of Christ, that they would know it and be filled to overflowing with it, that they would be transformed, that their minds would be continually renewed in the knowledge of you, in intimacy with you, in love for your word, in love for your precious promises, that they would wage warfare with the precious promises spoken over them, that you may be victorious in them and through them. Father, I thank you for it. Shakaba. 
The Christian life is not some passive club that you join. I said the prayer, now I'm in. No, the Christian life is the violent, heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force. We live by faith, not by accident. The just shall deliberately live by faith. Today, I am the righteousness of God, not just because I heard it once, but because today I'm reminding my soul, you are clean, you are unstained, you belong. This is what you look like. This is your inheritance. This is your DNA. You have a choice to drift through life or to lay hold of what God's laid hold of for you. It's for freedom that he sets you free. The enemy and passivity is not freedom. Passivity is actually allowing yourself to be taken into captivity. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding. I'm just going to be passive. That's not freedom. I'm free to be passive. Yes, you are. And you're free to be taken captive by every lie the enemy wants to bring you that day. That's why he says, put on the full armor of God. He says, take it up, put it on. Well, do I lose it? I've got it anyway. God says I've got it. Yes, it's through the knowledge of him. You need your mind renewed because he wants you looking at him, setting your mind on him. You can technically have whatever you want, but if you want to experientially walk it out, you've got to discipline yourself. You've got to take captive every thought that exalts itself. You've got to really lay hold of what he's got for you and live on purpose. Live by faith. I'm waking you up because the Holy Spirit's already doing it, and I just want to encourage you. We, we, We are walking now into a season of unparalleled victory, unparalleled miracles and signs and wonders like we've never seen before. It is here. It is being released. The harvest that we have longed to see is now upon us. And that's why you're hearing preachers preach like this. That's also why you're hearing a whole lot of other stuff that says be passive. Because the enemy is very afraid of people waking up and manifesting Jesus. The whole book, take it, eat it, do it, hallelujah, because the world is waiting for you. Amen, hallelujah.